Pause for thought and join in the barking with Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog. Now, Darren uh, Darren Rowe, who's a canine... Now, let me get this right, Darren. Are you a, a canine psychologist, canine specialist, canine... Oh, you, you could call psychologist. Probably behaviourist would be a better word. That'll do nicely. <laughs> canine behaviourist. Yeah. <laughs> How be. are you, mate? Welcome to <laughs> Magic good, Talk. Was, was that actually... Did that actually happen? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I saw a massive spike in um, separation anxiety, and that was more just down to um, sort of uh, changes in routine. Dogs are very sort of routine-driven, and suddenly their routine suddenly changed. And I, kind of, I think I remember um, speaking on the radio about trying to change those routines a bit slower, but obviously people didn't, and they just went straight back to work, and the dogs freaked out. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I look at dog owners, and I just I love them to bits because they, they, they just thrive in this unconditional love that comes from their pooch, right? And that's what dogs seem to be there to do. Yeah, that's right. But what they forget is that these dogs are living, breathing, sort of sentient, emotional beings as well, and they have all the same problems that we do. But yeah. um, just a dog, eh? <laughs> just a dog. But, but they do they do get anxious, and that is quite a condition at the moment. Um, especially, I, I guarantee, with the big winds and the kind of weather we've had last night too, that'll be upsetting them. Yeah, thankfully, mine slept straight through it. Not me, unfortunately, but mine did. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think we need to sort of think about the difference between fear and anxiety, and I think people get very confused between those two. Um, so I'll kind of clear that up. So fear, fear is kind of um, an immediate response to something that happens straight away. So, say, for example, the, the wind suddenly blowing, the dog freaks out and then starts to bark, and that's fear. That's not anxiety. Anxiety is um, if... If the dog, um, say for example, um, we take a dog out for a walk and it reacts to another dog, that can be a fear thing, right? But if we yeah, yeah. then try and put the lead on the dog before we go out and the dog runs away, then that's anxiety. It's kind of oh. uh, an unknown threat. So it's it's a, a stress response to an un- unknown threat. So, yeah, so anxiety is actually a clinical sort of condition. And right. A lot so... of people think that their dogs are anxious and actually fearful. And, and one can lead to the other, definitely. But, um, yeah. Right, so so, so they're actually responding to a different stimulus than just the lead. They're actually something else is winding them up. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's enough that what anxiety happens over time. So that may well be that they had a fearful response to other dogs outside for a couple of months or something like that, and then suddenly now they start to um, put put it all together that when they go out for a walk they get this. So how can you tell? What what are the symptoms? What are the symptoms? I mean, how can you tell if your dog is suffering from anxiety? Yeah, so, so again, um, generally, a lot of the symptoms that you would see in a fearful response are actually the same again in the anxiety response. It's just that fact the threat's not actually there that's a different right. type. So you've got aggression. So you might, yeah. suddenly might, again, dog's aggressive outside to another dog, but then it certainly might start being aggressive to you when you get the lead. So that oh, kind wow. of slight subtle shift. Yeah. Um, Particularly the separation anxiety when you're um, when you're leaving the house, but around that COVID sort of lockdown, you get mm. urination, defecation on the floors. Um, they just right. can't hold it because they're just too stressed. Um, yep. Excess drool, drooling, so slobber everywhere. Um, but obviously, some dogs slobber more than others. So you've got yeah, to yeah, yeah. see what the natural thing is there. Um, panting. So we, we quite often see dogs panting when they're hot. But if it's not really hot and they're just excessively panting, then that could be a sign of trying to get oxygen to their brain. So they're, they're undergoing stress, yep, trying to break down that adrenaline and cortisol. Um, yeah. Destructive yeah. behaviours. I must have loads of dogs that suddenly chewed up the furniture when the owners went back to work. <laughs> I certainly think oh, I've had a few yeah. clients like that. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you get these all sorts of things about age-related things. So like pacing around in circles. I don't know if you've oh. seen dogs do that for no reason. Yeah. And restlessness, they can't sit down, can't settle at all. All those right. kind of signs. And, and they're all very similar to, to people, aren't they? Compulsive disorders. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. depression. So, so it's, it's shut down completely. 
I see it like you, you, you're describing something that's very similar to a human condition. So is the treatment similar? I mean, how do you treat, uh, how do you treat anxiety? Is it a, med- a medical thing or what? Yeah, so, so I think what's um, the, the latest sort of research um, over the last sort of couple of years is, is sort of heading towards a combination of both. Now, now, you can treat it medically, but we all know that if you, if you just supply drugs, then it's not, you're not hitting the underlying behavior. You're hitting the, the causes of it, and then mm. if the behavior is still there or the triggers are still there, then you'd like to get the behavior back. So, yeah. so what most vets recommend now is that you do a, a course of medical things. So there's like antidepressants, SSRIs, serotonin. If you know anything about serotonin, it's that happy drug. Um, oh, yeah. So it helps with that, and there's a thing called diazepine, which is um, another um, sort of antidepressant. But you must make sure that it's a vet <coughs> that's, recommend, sorry, <coughs> that's recommending that. Um, no dog yep. trainer unless they're a medical um, vet, and that should recommend that. Right, um, okay. But tell, that doesn't just me. work by itself. You've got to do behavioral training as well. So uh, what does a dog behave like on serotonin? That, uh, that would be almost comedy, wouldn't it? Just sort of... It balances the serotonin in the body, so it actually just calms them down. Oh, all okay. those drugs just, just just take the edge off, so you can get in there and do the training. But obviously, taking the edge off and then not enforcing the behaviour you want aren't actually going to change anything. So right. yeah, so you need to do a thing called you need to get a dog treat. You need to get dog training if you've got anxious uh, dogs. And, yeah, and that's interesting, things. isn't it? Cool. I've often wondered about that because, uh, and I might just get you to move around your house a wee bit. You're just cutting out just a tiny bit. Um, but um, but if if you train a dog, a lot of people go to dog training or puppy training, and to that then that's it. But training's actually an evolutionary thing, isn't it? Training's a lifelong skill well, for a dog, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Because I mean, think about it, their environment's changing all the time, so their environment changes all the time. Right. It's not just. Darren, your, your your phone's got quite awful there, actually. Um, I might just, yeah, we might just. What we might do is, is no. What what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to hang up on you, and we will uh, get our producer to call you back. And I know it's an old sort of a concept, but it might be a, a, a better line if we if we do that. So we'll call you straight back. We're talking with um, Darren Rowe, who's a now what is concept a canine behavioralist, um, and it's well worth well worth listening to because you can't you you kind of. You know, once a dog is trained, you think that's it, don't you? But it's an ongoing thing. And yeah, there is quite, and Darren was on the radio around the end of COVID time, and we were talking about the fact that dogs suffer from anxiety. So we'll try him again. We lost, we lost his line again. But Darren, can you hear me now? Is that better? I, I can hear you. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, that's magnificent. Yeah, you've got a, a clear. I'm out on the driveway. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, just sit, sit, stay, stay. Good man, good man. So, can you? How old can you teach a dog? Like, how old can a dog be for you to to retrain them or to to have some sort of behavioural oh. intervention? Yeah, so you, so you can change a dog's behaviour up until the you know the day they well, <laughs> the day before they die, I guess. Um, the the kind of brain research is showing that the brain's quite plastic, isn't it? So that you know we always used to think that we, we once we've learned something, that's it. And yeah. we get to a certain age and can't learn anymore. But no, you can teach an, an old dog tricks, definitely. just might take a bit longer because they've got a few old behaviours that you need to sort of get rid of first. But definitely yeah. uh, you can teach any dog anything. Well, any I mean, I, I, I guess part of it is actually behaving differently yourself as well, isn't it? Yeah, there's a definite interplay between the person, the owner and the dog for sure. Because if you think about it, you're you're their role model, you're their guide. So you're um, reinforcing behaviours that they think you like. So if your behaviour is not appropriate, then they're going to do all those naughty things. Classic one yeah. is when, when the dog jumps up on you. If you touch it, look at it or speak to it and push it down, then you reinforce that behaviour because you've given it attention. Oh, <laughs> so, so they're just like little kids. Yeah? So it's not the qu- yeah. quality, it's the quantity of the uh, the attention yeah. that they get. 
Definitely, yeah, yeah. And the appropriateness and when. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so. This is why people love dogs because they become sort of little victim, little uh, reflections of themselves, I suppose. Well, they are, yeah. And and it's funny, isn't it, that I hear when people have a dog and then they get another dog, that dog just becomes exactly the same as their old dog. And if you've ever heard that one, it's just because of the way that they interact with the dog, so they bring out the same behaviours. I had never heard that anyway. That is fantastic. So, okay, apart from the medical treatment for anxiety and uh, a bit of training, etc., are there other alternative natural methods you can use to to help your dog? yeah, there's a lot of research in the moment. I don't think it's legal in uh, New Zealand at the moment. There's a lot of research into CBD, which is um, sort of oh. the cannabis um, element, um, the oils from hemp. And there's, there's a growing body of research. It's not conclusive at the moment, for sure. So it's a bit windy here. Um, it's not conclusive at the moment, and there's a lot more trials that need to be done to make it um, for sure. But there's a lot of anecdotal evidence to say that the CBD oils can actually help with that anxiety. And, and that it kind of stops that serotonin. So it works a bit like those antidepressants. Right, right. But again, so there's a lot more research I think that needs to be done on that one to make it um, sort of conclusive. But... So you're talking about medicinal cannabis for dogs? Yeah, yeah, literally. Wow. <laughs> there's a lot of research, isn't there, into people, and particularly for arthritis. There's a lot of studies that it helps with pain and arthritis, and anxiety can um, can happen as a result of pain as well. So, um, so that's a definite sort of uh, one to look at for the future, I would say. Um, that is truly fascinating. Now, I had heard, now yeah. tell me, is, is this true or not, um, that chocolate is a bad thing to feed to dogs? Yes, definitely. Um, so chocolate um, messes up the stomach, but also has all sorts of um, problems in the liver, I think, later. There was, a, there was a video I remember seeing just before Christmas of a puppy that had um, uh, chocolate, <clears throat> and it puked up for hours. Oh, really? It was yeah, really, really not good. Um, even little tiny bits. I think milk chocolate's worse than dark chocolate, but uh, I might go the other way around. But and, yeah, and, and, try and hide your chocolate from your dogs. And dairy, is that the same? Um, I'm not too... I don't think dogs tolerate dairy that well. I'd have to look into that one. It's not something I've um, done a lot on, but definitely cheese isn't actually great for dogs, even though they love it. Mm, mm. <laughs> Dogs will eat. Dogs will eat. Like I knew a Labrador once that ate. Uh, seriously, it ate a family's washing off the line. The yeah, dog... they'll eat anything. That's the problem, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. doesn't, it's a bit like us now. We can eat anything. It doesn't mean it's good for us. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the fact? Eh? And then, then I remember, <laughs> I remember years ago doing a doing a show on the radio, and it was um, it was strange things your dog have eat, has eaten, and. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and these these people had a Labrador, and it always comes down to Labradors, doesn't it? Because they're the they're the eating monsters. Yeah, and it, yep, and it was are. looking a bit pained. It lost its appetite, and then it finally went out, looked, had it uh, did its um, business out on the back lawn, and they found um, some uh, warehouse tape uh, hanging out of its body. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, they they yeah, eat anything, don't they? No, it's not. They do. Not. Um, <clears throat> a friend of mine had uh, had to have five operations on their dog because it ate socks and various ties and things like that. Hey, what socks? Have a Labrador as well. <laughs> Something Apparently about it's that. The, it? It's the biggest claim for most insurance companies, most pet insurance companies. Really? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> oh, great! And then, so, and the yeah. little dog. Are the little dogs? And uh, sorry, I'm just. I'm, I'm not trying to fill out time or anything, but I've, now I've got you here. This is all these questions I've always wanted to ask. Are little dogs no, angrier? Than, are they angrier than big dogs? Are they angrier than big dogs? Oh, that's yeah. an interesting one. Um, well, I of, I you think... often see, you know, you often see the, the you know, the, the, the poor husband who's, who's, who's um, who, you know, whose who's wife had bought a dog many, many years ago and he's walking with a little foo-foo dog who looks equally as annoyed, you know, and they, they, yeah. yep, and they carry on, yeah. 
I, I tell you what I find quite often is that people with little dogs don't train as hard or train as much as they probably should do because they think they don't need to because they're little dogs. So right. I think um, possibly at the beginning of their life, they don't get that socialization that bigger dogs yeah. or some dogs do. Not, not always. There's some great owners with little dogs out there, so apologies for that. But a lot of little dogs don't always get that, that training at the beginning, and then they become fearful and anxious and, anxious and scared of, of the world. And then, of course, when the great big person comes yeah. running up to them, they start to bark at them. So could be that. Oh. Darren, thank um, you so much, mate. I'd You've been listening to Darren Rowe on The Mindful Dog, giving our canine friends a voice throughout the world. To find out more about what we do, visit our website at www.mindfulnessfordogs.com.